He left with John Smithwick. How many enjoyed Smithwick last week? Is that awesome? That was awesome. And, uh, uh, we, you know, we've been hanging around a bunch of on-fire believers, and most of them, you know, are just uh, just really pumped up. I'll tell you more about that in a minute. But you're, you're going to have to, like, jack it up, or I'm going to be, like, standing over you in your chair, with the, the, you know, resuscitating you. So I'm on fire this, this morning. Amen. God's got a plan for your life. I said, God's got a plan for your life. And if you think, if you think, if you think for a minute that you're going to connect with God-given destiny without the Word of God in your life, you're crazy. You got to have God's Word. You got to have God's Word. I mean, you, 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 well, I don't like reading. I don't understand it. All that means you ain't reading it enough. You know, get some help. Find it. Find a translation you can you can understand. Do something. Get get some instruction. Find find something to help you. You get in that book. Get in that book. And I tell you what, the younger you are, the more vital it is. You know, you, you guys back there, uh, you help wake them dudes up over there now. They, you need the, you need the word of God. You want to you want to get in the book, man. God's word is going to change everything. And, and the reality is, is that God's got a plan, but he, in order to connect with that plan, you gotta, you gotta have the word of God and you gotta have the light turned on. So, you know, if you're here today, you don't own a Bible. If you hold your hand up, ushers will bring one to you. It's a gift. We want you to have that. We want you to get in the word. We want you to know the word and we'll help you. You know, we, we want to give you all the assistance you need so that you can be successful in demonstrating Satan's defeat and so that you can have a rich, fulfilled, victorious life. Amen. How many believe that's God's plan? Well, let's, let's get after it then. Amen. If you got your Bible, hold it up. Let's make a confession together. Lift your Bible up. Say, this is my Bible. Say, I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. Say, I choose to do what it says I can do. Say, I've got an open mind. I have a teachable spirit. From this moment forward, say, I'll never be the same. Shout it, never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Come on, give God one more big praise this morning. He's worthy. Amen. We really are excited about what God's doing. And, uh, you, you know, last week uh, was, a, was a great week. Got to spend some time with Stephen and, uh, uh, you know, my son in, in Tulsa. And we were at Winter Bible at Rama, And we uh, spoke. I went, flew back with John Smith. How many enjoyed John? Was that awesome? And I tell you, we got to speak to his staff and his interns, and what a great group. You know, Jenny, little Jenny, she's a little fireball, and she's just pumped up, and, you know, and they're seeing, they've seen 1.5 million people saved. Well, you're tied to that. Hello? You're, you're tied to that. And you want to know what's crazy is that Jenny's one of the calm ones. The rest of them are really fired up. And, and, and you know, and she comes, she starts talking. She just can't even contain it, you know. And, and, and I've been around those guys. Stephen had a Bible study at his house on Tuesday night. And he has 20, 25 guys coming to a Bible study. And, and, we, and it starts at 9. And they go till. Well, they have school at 8 in the morning, so they've got to be done by then. And these guys are just, I mean, dude, you know, I couldn't wait to get out of Tulsa. I was so tired. Because, you know, running around on the guys, and they stay up all night and get up early, and I'm like, oh. And, uh, but, man, talk about fired up and, and, you know, seeing miracles and all kinds of stuff. And we got to, uh, you know, with, the, with those uh, students, we got to teach them about, you know, the process of creation. And, and, and really started getting into the process that you guys understand the process of creation, right? It's God decided what he wanted. He decided where he wanted to come from. He spoke to what he wanted to come from. When he spoke, come out of what he spoke to. What he spoke had to remain attached to what he spoke to in order to survive. You guys got that? 
Because we're going to have a test today on the way out. You can't even leave the building unless you can tell us the process of creation. It's important to know how God works because uh, the way God does eight things, the way God does everything, you need to know this, that he decided what he wanted. He decided where he wanted to come from. He spoke to what he wanted to come from. What he spoke came out of what he spoke to. What he spoke had to remain attached to what he spoke to in order to survive. And that's the way God works. Right? It's called the law of first mention. If, if, if you want to know how something works in heaven, how God operates, then you find the first place it's mentioned, and you trace it through, and if it starts reoccurring, then you understand, okay, this is the process. It's like, uh, you know, the, in Psalms, the Bible says, the Lord has been mindful of thee, he will bless thee. Right? God's going to bless you. Right? Right? That's what he said. He, he, he will bless you. Well, what does the word bless mean? It means to position to win or succeed in any given situation. God wants to position you to win. Well, how does he do it? Well, the law of first mention. Goes, go back and find the first place in the Bible he blessed and start tracing it. And you find out that in Genesis, right at the beginning of the book, he said that God took Adam and Eve, placed them in the garden, and he blessed them and said. So how does God bless? He speaks. And he blessed them. And you want to know what? That what he said came out of what he spoke to. Right? He said, be fruitful. And boom, they, they had the power, the ability to be fruitful. And as long as they stayed connected to God, that was going to continue to flow out of them. Right? Think about it, guys. That what, what God speaks comes out of what he speaks to. Think about it. Process of creation. You know, they're, they're getting together. They're, you know, it's at the beginning. And what, let, let's do some stuff. Let's make some stuff. What, what should we make? Mm, grass. And so, okay, let's make grass. What are we going to make it out of? Dirt. Right? Why? Because we've got a bunch of it. And so, uh, you know, and he doesn't go to the dirt and say dirt because he already had, you know, he's got dirt. So remember, when he looked at the darkness, what did he say? Sure is dark in here. No, he said, let there be light. And there's light. So he speaks to the dirt and he says grass and up out of the dirt comes grass. Do a genetic study on grass. What is it? Dirt. It's just dirt. It continues with the process. What are we going to make now? Let's make cattle. So what should we make that out of? Dirt. Right? So he speaks to the dirt. He doesn't say grass. He's got grass. He doesn't say dirt. He's got dirt. He says cattle and poof, up out of the dirt comes cattle. Let, let's make fish. What, are we, what, are, what should we make it with? Watery dirt. Right? So, so he speaks to the watery dirt. And fish are swimming around in the water. Separate, separate grass from dirt. What happens? It dies. Separate cattle from dirt. What happens? It dies. Separate fish from watery dirt. What happens? It dies. He's making, he's making all this stuff all out of the same thing. It's like going to Taco Bell. You know, everybody thinks Taco Bell guys are geniuses. They just follow the process of creation. You walk into Taco Bell, there's 73 menu items. There's only seven ingredients. What's a taco? That's a tortilla, ground beef, cheese, lettuce, and tomato. What's a burrito? That's a tortilla, ground beef, and cheese. What are nachos? Those are chopped up tortillas, ground beef, and cheese, and guagamole. It's all the same thing. Next time you go to Taco Bell and they say, what do you like? Say, who cares? It don't matter. What's cheap? It's the same thing. You can call it anything you want. Uh, God gets ready to make man. He says, okay, human, human, two words, humus and man, put together to make one word, human. Humus, dirt, that's your body. He formed you out of the dust. But when he made man, your spirit, he spoke to himself, and right out of God comes man. Separate man from God, and what happens? He dies. He died. Well, I know a lot of people who aren't connected to God and they're not dead. They're death. They're in death. There's separation. They're in separation. See, because what God speaks comes out of what he speaks to. And what you have to ask yourself is, what is God speaking to you?
Because if you can get God speaking to you, it'll begin to come out of you. See, it's, it's not just the word of God. It's a word from God that, that you've got to connect to. See, there are some, there's some, you know, there's some scriptures that come a lot because you've read it and read it and read, you read it and repeat it and read it and repeat it and read it and repeat it and read it and repeat it. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God, right? Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word. You got, you got to hear God speak. God breathes life to that verse, to that, to his word. David said, thy word is a lamp unto my feet. He said, there, there's word that, that begins to illuminate in the darkness. And now I have understanding where before I couldn't see where I'm going. But now I know what to do because your word has spoken to me. See, there's some, there's some word that's been spoken to, to some of you and it's a lot. Nobody can rip that from your grip. And as long as you stay connected to it, it continues to live and bring life. No weapon formed against me can prosper. No weapon formed against me can prosper. I, I don't believe that no weapons are going to be formed against me. I just know that none of them are going to work. Why? Because there was a day in my life when, when that word, you know, there was a voice behind the word. And there, there was there was a connection there, and that thing just came alive. And I and I understood that as long as I stay connected to God, I, I cannot I cannot fail. I, I cannot fail. You know, you've heard me say before that you know, go home today and the house burnt down. We're gonna have about fifteen minutes of sorrow, right? Because there's some things that can't be replaced. But but there'll be the the stuff that's coming will be better. Six months from now, I'll be better conditioned than I am right now. Why? Because no weapon formed against me can prosper. There, there's not one. You need, you, need, you need to be in the Word and get, and get the Word coming so that it speaks to you. And, and, and you need to realize that what God speaks to you is going to begin to come out of you. And you're going to begin to manifest it. And it's, it's going to begin to show up in your life. And you're going to... You, man, aren't you glad that God's got a plan for you that, that gets you beyond a bumper sticker and a t-shirt? Aren't you, aren't you kind of a little bit excited about the fact that, ooh, you know, his plans to prosper me, increase in every area of my life. Amen. I'm not talking about getting a bunch of money that might come with God's plan for you. But the reality is, is that to be prosperous is to be able to respond in a godlike fashion, regardless of what the situation. So, so that circumstances aren't dictating my life, but the, the word of God is. Right? That he's got a hope and a future. And, and, and we're living in a society that's trying to, trying to, you know, put hope out. Trying to snuff out hope and trying to tell you, you know, and everybody's living according to their past. But God said, come on, uh, you know, remember not the former thing, neither consider the things of old. For behold, I'm going to do something new. Oh, come on, somebody. We, we ought to start living like, like we've heard the word of God. See, we get born again, and then we just like we're going to hang on till Jesus comes. You're missing the purpose. See, God, we, you didn't have to do anything for salvation. Salvation's a free gift, right? Right, and and you couldn't work hard enough to earn it, and you, you you're not good enough. You just ain't got what it takes, and none of us do. And it's a free gift. But after you're born again, man, I tell you, now you got to go to work. Why? Because that's why I saved you. Hello. Well, I'm just living my life. Well, that's the problem. You live in Yoe life, and you're separated from Zoe life, right? Zoe life is God life. Well, this is my life, right? And it sucketh. Right? 
It, it looks good for a while, but man, it just comes to point. You know, there's, people are still empty and, and, and unfulfilled. And God's got a plan that's going to bring great fulfillment to your life. But, but you, you've got to engage. You know, we, we understand that, you know, with 80,000, you know, fans in the stands watching the Super Bowl, you know, you got, think about it, 80,000 people in the stands and 22 men on the field. Nobody in the stands expecting to get paid. Matter of fact, they realize that to be a spectator is going to cost them dearly, right? It, it costs dearly. You can't even, you, you can't even park without, it. you know, it's 50 bucks to park over there. Just to go watch the game. The tickets are expensive. The, you know, it's 20, 20 bucks for nachos and twenty four ninety five if you want chicken on it. It's not cheap to be a spectator. And, and uh, you know, and yet we have this mindset. We're just gonna we're just gonna sit around and watch and see what happens. And we miss out on on the real on the real you know life force that God's got for us. And it, it ends up costing us dearly. But if you get down on the field and and begin to engage, you, you know, then it, God life starts paying off. Hello. You, you know, really, well, God hasn't been saying much to me. God doesn't speak to me. Well, you know, uh, I, I, I've, I've watched a lot of sporting events, and I realize that the coaches don't talk to players who, who won't take the field. So may, maybe, maybe the length of your storm is just a testament of the level of your stubbornness. Just saying. You, you, got, you, got, you got to go to work. You got to go to work. Check this out. L- look at Second uh, Corinthians 5.17. And you know what it is, is, is that a lot of us want stuff that we're not willing to deserve. Hello? I said we want stuff that we're not willing to deserve. Well, what do you mean deserve? I mean, you won't position yourself to actually maintain it. If, if, if God starts pouring out blessing in your life, and, and, but you don't have the character to sustain it. Uh, you know, it's, it's kind of like raising kids, isn't it? You know, uh, you know, there, there comes a point in time where uh, we've got to train our children that they that they need to they need to deserve what we're giving them, and, and because if their actions don't line up, then they don't get to keep what they've been given. You did teach your kids that, right? You know, it's, it's kind of like you know, at some point, at some point, the revelation's got to come that unless you like walking, uh, you know, you. You probably have to work at least enough to buy gas. Hello, you know, and you got to engage in life, and you got you got to position yourself, man. The blessing of God is getting ready. God wants to, He just wants to mess you up for good, but you've got you got to you got to grow yourself and and be in the position to actually sustain the blessing of God. Hello, well, I want God to do some stuff for me. Well, wait a minute, God God saved you. So you could do some stuff for him. If anyone's in Christ, he's new. New species, brand new species. New man altogether. Old things have passed away. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Amen. I tell you what, I'm thankful that I'm not the guy I used to be. And you ought to be a whole lot more thankful. (laughs) Behold, all things, amplified by all things are fresh and new. Say hello, fresh and new. Look, look at verse 18. But all these new things, they're of God. All this new life is, all this God life is, this is new and it's of God. But he has reconciled us to himself. We've come to peace with God through relationship with Jesus Christ. But he has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. 
here, here's my first point this morning, is that you are in the ministry. You are. Well, wait, Pastor, that's your job. No, you pay me to get you to work. Come on. You know, if we're going to live by the Bible, that's what's going on here. A lot of us are sitting around waiting for somebody in the ministry to get busy. Well, look in the mirror. Look, look at your neighbor and say, man, it is a good thing you're here today. Look at Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4, starting at verse 11. He himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. For the, our job is to equip you so that you can do the work of the ministry. But when you're going to equip us, we've got bulletins printed. We'll hand them to you and you can stand over here and be an usher. Hello? We're going to equip you. We're going to equip you for the work of the ministry. There's a lot of stuff that God's calling us to do, and, and you're going to have to go to work. Let's just keep reading because you're not liking that part. For, for the edifying of the body, till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love, that we might grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share. You ought to underline that part. If you don't write in your Bible, snag your neighbors. <laughs> Highlight it for them. According to the effective working by which every part does its share. And it causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself and love. Every part's got to do its share. Every part's doing its share. Every part doing its share. You're part of the body. Right? And you've been saved and given a ministry. God put you in the ministry. And now you've got a job to do, and you've got to do the work of the ministry, and you've got to do your share. You, you know, you, you heard the, the, the Pareti Law. Uh, isn't that what they call it? The Pareti Law? It's the 80... Is it, yeah, am I right? Yeah, the 80-20 thing, you know, where uh, 80% of the work gets done by 20% of the people. 80% of the giving is given by 20% of the people. Go to a potluck, you can really see it. 80% of the food's eaten by 20% of the people. Uh, <laughs> good one. That's a good one. Okay. And, uh, you know, and, and it just seems like, like in society, we, 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 we kind of allow, you know, the, the, the normal tendency to operate. But see, when, when you got born again, God didn't come just to give you a new level of life. He came to give you a new lifestyle altogether. And you got to realize that uh, you're in the ministry and God's expecting you, if nothing else, to be part of the 20%. In my, in my brain, the amen was much louder than that. You know, wasn't that kind of shocking? That just that dead silence, it's like the oxygen gets sucked out of the room or something. Just, I, you know, well, well, we're busy. We're busy. There's so much stuff going on. You don't understand the, the junk I'm dealing with in my life. Uh, that's called life. Right? Well, well, I've got a business. Right. So you're going to let the blessing of God be your excuse for not fulfilling the call of God. Well, you know, my kids are, well, right. Children are a blessing. So now we're going to let the blessing of God be the excuse for not carrying out the will of God. 
I don't think it's going to work for you. And if I don't tell you, then God's going to hold me accountable. So today I got to tell you, toughen up, buttercup. You're in the ministry, whether you like it or not. If you're reconciled to Jesus, then you've been given the ministry of reconciliation, of bringing the world to peace with God. Now, I'm not telling you you need to go out and tell the world about God. I don't think you need to go tell the world about God. I think you need to go show the world God. See, and the enemy, the way he works is that if it's not the blessing of God that separates us from the will of God, then it's, you know, it's all the evil stuff that's happening. It's all the, it's all the trouble. It's all the chaos. It's all the, it's all the turmoil and, and the tests and the trials. And, and, and we, you know, we just, we just got this big old bag of excuses that we haul around. It, evil's in the world. In this world, there's going to be tribulation. But he said, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. So if you're in Christ, you're already a world overcomer. Hello? You, 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 you already are. Check, you know, well, but, but all this evil. Okay, Romans 12, 21. Look at this. Do not let evil conquer you. Do not let evil conquer. Conquer, that word conquer uh, means to carry away your victory. In other words, don't let evil win. Do not let evil rule. Don't let evil make your decision. Uh, I got a couple of points here to make. And, and the first one is, is that this is not a suggestion. Do not let evil conquer you. That's a commandment. I know we're in the dispensation of grace, right? And everything's free. Man, people are so messed up in that. There's 1,050 commandments in the New Testament alone. What are you going to do with that? Be strong. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his mind. That's not a suggestion. If strength is a commandment, then weakness is a sin. Now, you can't come up with excuses for your weakness. You've got you to you go to work and eliminate it. So, so, you know, if you can't, if you can't, you know, curl, uh, you know, a 40 pound dumbbell, well, then you better start with what you can. You better build that sucker up because God said, be strong. And he said, do not, do not allow evil to rule you, but you rule evil. You sustain the victory by doing good. Look at your neighbor and say, doing good. You, you maintain victory. Jesus came. Remember John 10, 10, Jesus came that you might have and enjoy Zoe, God life, life in the fullest, life in abundance to the top till it's overflowing, more life than death, more joy than sorrow, more peace than chaos, more hope than despair, more health than sickness, more provision than lack. Oh, somebody. He came and he, he, he gave victory to his church. And, and the word of God says you sustain that victory by doing good. You humiliate hell by continuing to operate in God life, even on the day you don't want to, the day you don't feel like it, the day that people listen. I'm not trying to belittle your situation. People have been mean to you. They've hurt you. They've wounded you. Okay, take a moment, breathe. But now stand up and start doing good so that you can sustain your victory. It's like taking the devil. Aren't you tired of, of, of a defeated enemy messing with you? 
man, I, you know, I don't, it, it's been so crazy, you know, to try to figure out, and I've spent a lot of time just grappling with this issue, why are so many believers separated from victory? You know, we, we've, got, we've got the power of God, the anointing of God, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is now quickening our mortal bodies. And we've got people walking around, you know, depressed and suffering and bleeding and hurting. And, and what, what is the deal? And God's beginning to, to, to really bring some revelation in, into my world and, and some understanding. Because, you know, think about it for just a minute. You, you can't find a problem. I, I'll bet you can't come up with a problem in today's society that the root of that problem is not selfishness. You know, 50% of marriages ending in divorce. Why? Selfishness. Why, why, why are you leaving him? He doesn't make me happy anymore. If you thought he was going to make you happy, you were on crack. <laughs> Should have talked to his mama. Human trafficking, major problem in our country. Man, I go to other parts of the world. It's a horrible issue. It's a problem. Do you understand that one of the, one, one of the worst three areas for human tra- trafficking, that, that we're within two hours of it? What's the issue there? Selfishness. Somebody wants what they want, and they do not care how it affects or what it costs someone else. Selfishness. Depression. Selfishness. Well, that seems kind of hard. You know, you're going to tell a depressed person they're selfish? Yes. Because it's all inward. It's all focused on you. It's all about your problems. People don't like me. People have been mean to me. People have hurt me. People have said things to me. People have wounded me. Okay, but at some point, I'm telling you how to conquer evil and how to sustain your victory. It's by doing good. It's by, it's by doing good. See, my first point is that you're in the ministry. My second point is that you already have victory. You've got victory, so you can't allow that to be the thing that keeps you from doing what God's called you to. Come on, we need a revelation. We, we need to realize that, you know, what, what, God has, what God has called us to do is so much bigger than, 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 what, than what we're seeing. And, and, and we're like at a threshold where well, I believe that as a body we're going to cross into, into some amazing effectiveness. And, and we're going we're, we're gonna to we're impact our cities and this region and the world with the goodness of God. And lives are going to be changed. And, and man, I'm telling you what, I hope, I hope you're still praying for your one. Yeah, I, I realize, you, you know, man, sometimes, you know, to, to, to keep things moving and the way that we ought to do it in our culture, you know, because if church goes too long, well, we, we, then the numbers go way down, you know. So you got to kind of wow, wham, wham, just keep it going. So we don't have time to constantly keep everything in front of you the way that, I, you know, that we'd like to. But I, I, hope that, I hope that you're remembering to pray for your one because I've got to tell you something, God still cares about those people. And, you know, oh, my one. Shoot, who was that? Uh, and, and, well, then stop and t- take a couple of minutes and pray and ask God to give you a name. Who are you going to pray for? And ask God to tell you. Ask God to tell you. And, and, and don't just write down who you think. Let, let, let God speak. And, and when he gives you that name, write it down somewhere and, and begin to pray every day. It only takes a couple of 
minutes at, at that. You know, I got to tell you something about my one. My, my one, when, when God spoke his name to me, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'll be real transparent. I really didn't want to write that name down. Because, you know, I, I know he needs God. But uh, I didn't want to be thinking about him every day. And, well, I'm just being honest. And, and uh, uh, but God, God repeated that name and that name, that name. And, and so, you know, and so I've just continued to pray for him. And I'll be very honest again. It's not been real lengthy prayers. I, I know that the fervent, effectual prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And it's amazing that God heard me at all. Because sometimes it was, okay, God, take care of him today, bless him, and I will move right on. There were other days where he'd be on my heart and I'd pray. But I got to tell you something really cool, though. Is that this week when I was in Tulsa, I got a phone call from Shelby, and she said, uh, your one stopped by the house. And he needs you to call him as soon as you can. He looks pretty upset. My one last night was in service. Met with him when I got home. He came to service last night. At the end of the service, he raised his hand. He came up to me. I, I told him yesterday about the one. I said, you know, you're my one. He's like, what's that? Been praying for you a lot. And the man broke. You don't know how much that means to me, Tom. I'm telling you, God's still concerned about your one. Keep, keep praying. You're in the ministry. You're in the ministry. You're, well, well, I, well, I don't feel like it. I don't feel like being here today either. I don't. You know, the, something in Tulsa. I don't know if it was the if it was the incredible pace and the long hours, but something just a couple of days after we got there, man, something got up in my system, and uh, it, it was like I had a Tasmanian devil living right here. I couldn't eat. I've been in great discomfort, and it was hard watching Keith and Stephen go to places where man versus food has been. And, and, and devour that, and, and I, all I can do is take pictures. I don't feel like being here today. But i got a ministry. Well, yeah, but, but, but we pay you. Well, you don't understand something. You don't pay me enough for some of the stuff I have to do. Right? But we're not talking about me today. We're talking about you. Well, yeah, but we got, we got these kids. I, you know, I'm just so thankful. You know, my mom's here. I'm so thankful that my mom and dad, you know, that they taught us that we didn't have to participate in ministry. We got to. Now, we didn't have a choice. But if, if I ever said, do I have to, my dad would say, no, you get to. Now, act like you enjoy it. And, and i got to tell you something, that, 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 that did something in my life. You know, it was really cool last night in the, in the second service last night. And, you know, got these little mamas and they got their babies and they're right on the front row. And, I, and I'm just thinking, you know, this is so awesome. That, you know, here we are and we've found a place that we can worship and we can learn about God. And we're going to haul the kids in here and do what we got to do to make this thing happen. Because it matters. I'm telling you that what God wants to do in your life matters. Look at your neighbor and say, it matters. Uh, I, I want to read this scripture to you, uh, and, and they don't have it. So don't even, don't even try. But uh, uh, it's 1 Corinthians 12, 27, and it's from the Message Bible. Listen to this. It says, You are Christ's body, 
That's who you are. You must never forget this. Only as you accept your part of that body does your part mean anything. Let me read it again. 1 Corinthians 12, 27. Your Christ body, that's who you are. You must never forget this. And only as you accept your part of that body does your part mean anything. Man, I, you, you know, well, it doesn't matter if I miss. Well, if it doesn't matter if you miss, then it probably doesn't matter when you're here. And you need to matter. Don't, don't, let, the, don't let the devil rob you of your significance. You, you just need to realize that uh, I've got victory, and, the, and, I, and I'm going to demonstrate Satan's defeat. I'm going to take the devil, put him in an undie lock, and throw him out in the parking lot. And, and that, that's what I feel like I'm doing today, because seriously, man, my, you know, physically, I'm in a warfare. But the reality is, is that I'm going to humiliate hell. And, and I feel like ripping people's heads off, so I'm going to be as nice as I can to as many as I can today. Hello? No excuses. No excuses. You know, uh, this week we got to hear uh, Marilyn Hickey. No, Joyce Myers. I, I get them confused. Joyce Myers. Joyce Myers. And she just, she just wrote a book called, the, I think it's called The Love Revolution. And, she, you know, this gal, she's written, you know, hundreds of books. And, and, she, and she, she was on the platform and she said, here's the deal. This is the worst selling book I've ever written. She said, it's not the worst book I've ever written. It's one of the best, but it's the worst selling book. And at the conference, she said, you know, there's 800 registrants. She said, if I was doing a, a, a conference on how to build a megachurch, there'd be 8,000 people at the conference. You know, no matter what she does, you know, people come in growth. I mean, it's crazy. She's got this huge following. But because it's the love revolution and they're talking about getting outside of yourself and how to, how to impact your community, they had, they had to give registration away, and they only got 800 people there. You realize we had 800 people at our church last weekend. So, you know, I mean, this is, and, and, and she's like, you know, and she said, here's the reason why. She said she was really struggling with it and praying, talking to God, and God told her why. Because love always costs something. And if you're going to have great love, then there's going to be great cost. And see, what we want is that we, 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 we'd kind of like to pray a little prayer and then have God do everything for us so that it doesn't interrupt our schedule. And today I'm here to tell you that the ministry that God's called you to and the victory that he's given you is, is proof that what God's going to use you in is going to cost you greatly. And there's a reason, there's a reason why it takes focus and, and effort on our part to accomplish the will of God. Somebody say, Amen. Uh, here's the deal. All things work together. Romans 8, 28. All things work together for our good. We've got to stop complaining and acting like evil has more power than good. And we've got to demonstrate the enemy's defeat. And we've got to get out there and do good. Look at Galatians 6, 7. Hey, don't be deceived and deluded and misled. God will not allow himself to be sneered at, scorned, disdained, or mocked by mere pretensions or professions or by his precepts being set aside. He inevitably deludes himself who attempts to delude God. For whatever a man sows, that and that only is what he's going to reap. For he who sows to his own flesh is from the flesh going to reap decay and ruin and destruction. But he who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap Eternal life, Zoe life. So let us not lose heart and grow weary and faint in acting nobly and in doing right. For in due time and at the appointed season, we're going to reap if we don't loosen and relax our courage and faint. 
So then, as occasion and opportunity open up to us, everybody say, open up to us. Let us do good. Look at it. Let us do good. Let us do good. Here's my third point. One, point one, you're in the ministry. Point two, you got victory, so no more excuses. And point three, you are not alone. Let us do good. Let us do good. God's called you to do good. First Peter, we know this. First Peter 2.21, New Living Translation. God's called you to do good, even if it means suffering. You're called to do good. You're called to do good. And when you're doing good, you're going to reap good. You're not doing good to get good. You're doing good because you got good. God was good to you, so now you're just a, you know, birth to do good. Right? But because you're doing good, you're even going to get more good. But I wonder how many of us have never seen the good that we really need and desire because we respond to evil by complaining instead of prayer, praise, thanksgiving, and continued outreach. We're not living the life we're supposed to live. You remember, remember Jesus taught his guys. He said, you know, somebody came to him and they said, what's the greatest law? And, and he said that you would love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind. Oh, and the second one's just like it. Love your neighbor like you love yourself. Get outside of yourself and, and, and love others. Man, do good. What would happen? 800 of us here last weekend. What would happen if 800 of us made a decisive dedication to every single day? I'm going to bless somebody even if it kills me. Huh? Well, come on. There are, there are days where it just doesn't it. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm so messed up and carnal. But there are days that man, it just seems like to be a blessing. It, it feels like it's going to hurt me. Because, man, I don't, you know, there are days I wake up and, and, and I don't want to go tell anybody God loves you. I want, I'd love to introduce him to God, but on a different level. Choke them out for Jesus. You know, and, and those are the days that, that, that God comes up and says, okay, here's what we're going to do today. We're going to grow you, Tom. I hate those days. I'm going to stretch you a little bit. I'm going to get you outside of yourself. And, 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 you know, and, and I'm there with Smithwick, and, 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 man, you're starting to really see the, you know, really everything that's happening and, and all around the world. You're realizing that, oh, shoot, man. Thousands and thousands and thousands of souls being brought to the kingdom, but people are having to get outside of themselves to do that. You know, so, so there's a scripture I want to bring to, to your attention uh, just before we go here. Let me find it. Hebrews 10, 24. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Let us think of ways to motivate one another. Why? Because if we don't think of ways to motivate each other, we'll just slip right back over into that natural realm. Of just living for ourselves. We need to get creative. I, I challenge you this week. You know, at the dinner table. Talk to the kids. Talk to your spouse. What can we do this week that will be a blessing to somebody? Go to coffee with some friends. Who should we bless? How should we do it? You know, I'm challenging you to, to you know, come up with ideas to bless the community and email them into the church. Don't know if we can do them all, but we're going to do a lot of them. We're, we're, going, to, we're going to spend time. We're, we're getting ready for Easter, and we'll be back over at uh, Convention Center. Everybody together on one service one day. But we're going to come up with something so that there's some way that we can just bless the community. Got that great opportunity. 
Yeah, I, I, I don't know. You know, I'm not, I just think we ought to keep it as simple as we can. But, you know, I don't know. You know, have you ever heard of a barefoot Sunday? Someday, I'm, someday, you know, maybe then, I don't know. I'm not saying that's what we're doing. But, you know, barefoot Sunday is where you wear your really, your best shoes you got. You wear them to church and you leave them there. You can bring another pair to wear home, but I mean, but, and you, but you don't you don't bring your you know your your ninety nine cent flip flops and leave them. You bring your best, and then we take all those shoes and we go give them to somebody. The people that need shoes, sis. You know that we, that we get outside of ourselves and we just start finding ways to just bless. You know, you know the, the times the times that life's just flowing through the body and 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 everybody's happy and healthy and blessed. You know, think about it: is share fest and free market and adoptive family. But what, what we're wanting to do is, is is move ourselves to a place where we don't have outreach programs, but where we have a lifestyle of reaching out. That we, that we would become known as insanely generous. That that you, you know what's crazy is people in the community already know. You, I gotta tell you, it's weird to me. I'm glad they do it, but I don't understand why. But there are other churches that during certain seasons when people call in to ask for help, they give them our number. The other churches give them our number. We, we get referrals. Well, cool. This is just a side note, and I gotta close because I'm out of time. I'm not finished, I'm just done. And, 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 uh, uh, but but it's, it's really kind of really kind of well I don't know if I should say it or not but I'm gonna uh, uh, I I have some friends you know within within not too far distance of here that that really that refuse to teach the church anything about healing because it's it's kind of controversial I guess but what's funny is that when when they're sick they call me yeah I'm like. And at first, you know, at first it used to really drive me nuts, but then God said, dude, rejoice. Be, don't, don't be upset that they're sending people over here. Be, be excited that they know you're going to do something about it. And, and there's always this little voice that says, you, you know, well, right where we are right now, you know, we got the property and we, and we got, we, you know, we're working on plans. And I got to tell you something, man, uh, you better be praying because I really think I just want to dummy down the building as much as we can. And use, you know, money. Why, why build? Why, why not sow in, into the community? You know, to, to build some big old honking thing. That, you know, millions and millions of dollars. We ain't got it anyways. It's not like we got to start packing. Well, well, then we better hang on to what we got. No, I, I want to sow it. I want to reach lives. I, I want to I impact the community. But there's always this voice, you're going to put yourself right out of business. Cool! <laughs> you got a ministry. You've got victory. No more excuses. And you're not alone. Which means we're counting on you, and you get to count on us. So don't, don't think that we're sending you out today because you've got to go tell the world about Jesus. But we are sending you out because you've got to go show him to them. You've got you to show the world the goodness of God. Amen? Amen. Close your book, bow your head, let me pray for you. Father, I thank you today that you're doing a work in us that's going to change us from the inside out. God, I thank you that you're, you're, you're going to breathe life to us and that what you speak is going to come out of us. And we, we want to position ourselves to let you speak, to let your word speak. I pray that this word sown in the fertile soil of the hearts of your children 
will, will take root and begin to produce fruit and that we will be addicted to the ministry of the saints. We'll be addicted to changing lives, sharing the love of God. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I want to ask one more question before we leave today. I don't want anybody to leave this room without the opportunity to connect their life to God in a real, meaningful way. We're all going to pray a prayer. We won't embarrass you. I won't call you out. But if you're here today and you say, you know what, Tom? I need God in my life. I need God in my life. And you know that's you. No one's looking around. Would you do me a favor? Just hold your hand up. Say, make the, I'm making this my prayer today. Thank you. You can put it down. Anybody else? I, I'm, making, I'm making God Lord of my life today. That's so awesome. Anybody else? I want us, uh, I want us all to pray. Just say, Dear Heavenly Father, I know I need you. I need your love, your acceptance, your forgiveness. Come into my life. Change me from the inside out. Give me hope. Give me strength. Give me vision. I choose to live for you every day of my life. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for setting me free. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.